Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Welcome back. It is the Wolf and Luke Show live from the Akchin Community Studios. And joining us now on the 72 Sold Sports Line is Ryan Rosillo, host of the Ryan Rosillo Podcast. You can find it on the Ringer Network. Uh, Ryan, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're just kind of basking in the uh, reflective glory, I guess, of the Suns already clinching the number one seed with only uh, eight games to go. So let's just start there. From from uh, your perspective, what have you seen from this team this year? Has your opinion changed of this team over the course of the season at all? If it's changed at all, it's only for the better. Um, I feel like, you know, as frustrating as the finals were, what kind of happens, and especially with what Giannis did, and closing that series out, it, it kind of puts like the Suns in in the shadows of everything else. And you know, if they had maybe had a title before and then lost the finals that way, then I think we would take them more seriously going into this year. I know I did. I'm sure you guys did as well. But I almost feel like nationally, they've clearly been the best team all season long. Um, they've they've made it through this Chris Paul part of it, which was originally worse news uh, than I think people projected. And now we see him come back, plays 30 minutes, looks great. They went 11 and four without him. Since February 1st, they're a top-five offense, they're top-five defense. The clutch numbers are insane, but I don't know. It, it don't, I, it, it's not new to, to you. It doesn't feel new to me, but it still feels like there needs to be more buy-in for how steady they have been in a season where almost all the other contenders, you, know, you pick apart so many different things where you're still not sure about a handful of these teams, right? Easily, five or six of these other teams that we think could be potential contenders in a wide-open top. Uh, Phoenix has been the steady one, so... I love what I've seen from them. I love that when you bring Chris Paul in, you can talk about culture and winning and all that kind of stuff. I really think there's something to a team that when you have an expectation of yourself, even without a guy like Chris Paul for a stretch, you still go out and expect to win all these games, and that's what they've done. And and the best part about Booker, and I'd said this before, and and I'd said it when Paul went out, I go, the great thing is all those years when they weren't very good, Booker had to take on a bunch of different roles. So when he has to initiate the offense when Paul is out, it's not a problem for him, and, and he's been on a tear this month. So, uh, look, I love this team. They should be the favorites, and I think they should be looked at as a, as a scarier team than maybe they're talked about. Yeah, no doubt about it, Ryan. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think there's so little buy-in from the experts and the pundits nationally? Well, you know, again, I, I think back to the finals thing, it, was, it kind of turned back into this whole, like, oh, here we go again with Chris Paul. But I think all of us knew that we're watching the games when he was handing the ball to to Cameron Payne in big fourth quarter possessions, I'm like, something's wrong. Um, I'm the biggest Chris Paul fan going. I don't think that's new. And I've always kind of considered him like the greatest winner that hasn't won. I believe that happens. And I thought that was what was happening with Kevin Garnett when he went 0 for 7 in his first round playoff series to start his career. And yet he goes to Boston and then he's, he's thought of as this consummate winner, the guy you would want leading your franchise. And it was like, well, he was always that. It just didn't happen. And I believe that's been the case with Paul. Like, I know what Paul did in that Clipper series. You know, I, I know how great he was in some of the finals games. I know some of the other ones are disappointing. So I do think that there's more people, whether it's nationally or just how it plays out on social media, where it always feels like it's a little bit more negative. But it's this, this idea that, like, Chris Paul is incapable of doing these things because for a player of his stature, he's had a disappointing playoff record. So I think it's partly that. And until you win, you know, it still always feels new. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. being at ESPN with Golden State you know, going through their run. And I remember loving what I saw against them with Denver and then, you know, the the Spurs series loss. And they come into the next season and they have this great regular season. And it's the 2015 championship that they won before the 73 win team. And people were kind of down on them. They're like, oh, they're soft. 
They shoot threes. They don't play defense. Even though they were like arguably the best defense in the mm-hmm. NBA, it was hilarious. Like the yeah. numbers are the numbers are there. You just go look them up. And yet there was doubt about them because it was still new, and I, I couldn't believe it. So I think there's there's just we have a hard time with new when it's good. Talking to Ryan Rossillo. Uh, Ryan, where do you come out on like a guy like Chris Paul? I know you can't keep him off the court. That's just sort of been his mentality. But we've been joking for the last couple of weeks. It'd be nice to have him back with like two games left in the regular season. And Cam Johnson hasn't been playing either. Where do you come back on these guys coming back uh, when they did, especially Chris Paul coming back with nine games left, when everything's kind of already locked up? But he obviously doesn't have anything to prove or even probably to work on here. But uh, there's value, I guess, in these last couple of weeks anyway. Yeah, I really think there is. I, I, the idea that you're just supposed to just, hey, let's wait until the playoffs start, I, I never liked it. Like, the original projections were kind of close to maybe the start of the playoff run, um, but I just think you're in a better situation as a basketball team by everybody getting out there and getting minutes together again. The version of you that's going to be in the playoffs, well, let's get it going. So him coming back, I mean, I heard a story about him at Oklahoma City, right? So he goes there for the year, he sits down with Billy Donovan, and Billy's like, look, we're going to protect you, we're going to rest you a ton. You know, we we know this isn't long term for you. Help us with the young guys. This that you know, we're not going to win a ton of games. And he just listened and then was like, "Nah, bleep that." <laughs> He's like, "I'm playing." <laughs> so, like, what do you? Yeah. Cool speech. <laughs> I'm not doing any of those things. Like, let's let's go win some basketball games. And the fact that team was even in the playoffs to me is remarkable. So, um, you're not going to tell that guy to sit because he's not going to sit. So there's no point in arguing with him. So, Ryan, when you look at the Western Conference, who do you think the Suns' competition is? Whatever the 1A matchup is, I don't think there's really any issues there. I, I know Minnesota has some incredible March numbers, but I thought there was some real attitude in that game this week, and I loved it. Uh, I, I loved everything about that game. And, you know, Aiden against Minnesota this year in the two games, I think he's like 29-13, and he doesn't miss any shots. And There really wasn't much they can do with him. So, well, however, you know, obviously Phoenix – maybe doesn't get Minnesota and maybe ends up being the Clippers. I'm just kind of looking at the play-in group there. Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't really worry about any of those other teams. And, and maybe Minnesota ends up in the seventh seed where they are right now. Um, you know, as, as impressive as Jokic has been, and, and obviously Doncic as well, and Dinwiddie's been a big help to them, even though I haven't always loved his game. I do think those kind of centralized offense that just revolve around one person become easier to defend over the course of a playoff series. So, if it was a five or a six, or then even Utah, who I do think is a good team, but people just kind of like dumping on them because of their own playoff failures. And that, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, you know, people aren't as excited about them. Um, I, I wouldn't really worry about them. I think the only thing you really have to worry about is is a version of Golden State that is 100%. Um, I re- you know, Memphis has been terrific. They do have kind of that winning mentality as well. Um, to me, if I'm Phoenix, if Golden State gets everybody back and they're right and they start switching around their lineups, I think it could be a problem. But the other part of that is, you know, Phoenix has has a guy in Aiton where we've all seen it. Like some bigs, you know, in certain playoff matchups, it works. And then sometimes they can get exposed a little bit. The thing I've always loved about Aiton is I think he's just a center that you can keep on the floor the entire time. Um, and Phoenix will have an advantage there because, you know, Golden State was hoping to have some depth on that front line. And other than Looney, who I kind of like as a, as a role player, you know, Wiseman's just been a, a no-show, and it's a lot to expect from a guy who hasn't played and <laughs> yeah. basically going back to college in a long time to step up in a playoff series with what will be on the line. So I know what I have in Phoenix, and even though I'm still a little scared of Golden State for you guys, we still don't have the answers to what they're going to look like yet. Ryan Rosillo, great stuff as always. Man. We you, always Ryan. appreciate your insight. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, guys.